So look, y'all, today's podcast is brought to you by ELIC. As you know, here at Just Different, our mission is to bridge faith and culture, and this amazing organization has a very similar goal. They spread hope and create life change in the most challenging places in the world, such as Asia, the Middle East, and even North Africa. ELIC sends people to teach English in these unreached areas, providing training, support, and a team of passionate people who are ready to make a difference. They see English education as an opportunity for people to come together, share life, and come away with broadened horizons. Whether you're a college student, recent graduate, or beyond, ELIC has a program for you. They have two to six-week options in the summer that are perfect for college students and even recent graduates, as well as their nine-month global ambassador program is a great option for recent college graduates. So for anyone who is interested in traveling abroad to take the church outside the four walls, continue to advance the kingdom in all these different areas by helping individuals learn English um, as you're teaching it to them, ELIC is a program for you, especially for college students that listen to us. If you're looking for something to do and get into for the summer to build your resume and just get amazing experience while doing God's work, this is it. So if God has called you to create global impact, bridging faith and culture, please visit ELIC.org slash just different. That's ELIC.org slash just different. All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Starks the artist. And you are now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. As you can see, we are joined by two extremely special guests, Clarence and Marlon Sellers, the co-host yes, of the More Purpose Podcast. Along with a lot of other conversations that we've had on the podcast, this is extremely overdue. We're actually just talking about it before we got into um, the conversation, but I'm really excited to get into this one. Um, they've been really supporting and tapped in with our podcast for a minute now. Yeah, and so Real we've kind of like built this like online relationship. So it feels like I know them like more than what I actually <laughs> do, although yeah. I've never met them before. Yeah, they're, they're my boys. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> tap, tapped in. And so it's been just amazing kind of like to build our relationship from a distance and, you know, it's crazy because seeing them kind of like just like grow and come into like their platform when they started the podcast, I was hype um, and they're absolutely killing it right now. So, bro, I appreciate y'all coming on and taking yeah. the time for real. Nah, I appreciate you for having us, bro. Yes, thank you for having us, bro. We excited. We're excited. Sure. And this is going to be like a special episode because as I've been following them online, one thing that we haven't talked about yet on our show um, is really like finance, money management wealth and everything mm -hmm. concerning that and it's ironic because like we're both really tapped into a lot of the same people when it comes to just the space of learning like investing and how to build wealth um and everything concerning that and so this is something that they've talked about on their podcast before um and so i'm glad we're able just to bring this conversation here and really like tap in and get into it but um, honestly, for those who are listening, I want them to be more familiar with, you know, who they're hearing today. So one thing I'm curious about is really how did you all kind of like come to Christ and what has your testimony been in terms of like your journey in terms with your faith and then just coming into the business and entrepreneurial endeavors that y'all have now? So I, I'll start off. Um, well, I think me and Marlon both have similar stories because... For me, well, for both of us, I think we both really got close to God when we was in college. So for me, my um, before I get into the college part, my sophomore, my junior year of high school, I had a dream that I dropped out of college my sophomore year. So then I had a dream, told my parents, and I was like, yo, God gave me a dream saying I was going to drop out of school sophomore year. 
It seemed I dropped out of nothing. (laughs) 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 So I was like, all right, cool. Went back to sleep. Fast forward to college. My freshman year, in reality, I didn't want to go to college at all. But I only went there because so I can actually like network and everything. I was like, college, there is a benefit with networking because you're meeting a whole bunch of new people that you're not new, like used to or anything. So I said, all right, bet. I'll be here to maximize this opportunity. Became the photographer for the basketball team at VCU. And then the following semester for the sophomore year, that's when, when COVID started happening. And I had wrote this one, I seen the uh, Steve Harvey video, and he was talking about writing your vision down and making it plain and trusting God to like work on your behalf and everything. So I started sitting there because at the time, you know how like, so since we're pastor kids, we grew up in church, but I didn't really have my own personal relationship with God until mm-hmm. college. So right. I believed in God and everything, but when it came to read my Bible or praying consistently, all that stuff, it would be like the bare minimum stuff. It would be like, I was praying with my food. I'll play with my friends. So I feel like when anybody go out and I'll be it. But this time, after I watched that Steve Harvey video, it was like it ignited my fire, like mm-hmm. my, me spiritually and everything. So I started writing my goals down. I wrote down, all right, guy, you know, I'm a photographer. I had to stop taking pictures when I got to college, but I want to at least have five shoots a week. Wrote it down. Come back at two and two, write the vision, make it plain. Wrote it down, made it plain. And I started praying on it. And while I'm praying on it, God reminded me of my dream that I had back in high school. And then COVID happened, so we started doing online classes. And I was like, bro, this online stuff is not for me. Like, for some reason, I'm not resonating with this online stuff. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not for me. I'm a hands-on person. Online stuff's not working for me. So I said, all right, God, listen. You remind, you remind me of the dream. I'm about to get out of here and drop out. I'm about to uh, take the semester off. I told my parents, I'm going to take the semester off. But in my mind, I'm dropping out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so my parents, I'm dropping out. So, I mean, I'm taking the semester off. But in my mind, I'm dropping out. And then... I finally take that semester off. The day I take, um, matter of fact, before I even get to that, before we left, I mean, me and my friend group do vision boards. So we going around the table, everybody doing vision boards, saying what they want to do, why they're at college, and what they see for themselves for the future and everything. While we're doing that, my friend on my left was saying she want to do this, this, and that. Uh, me being me, I'm supporting everybody. So I'm looking like, oh, yeah, you about, you about to go crazy. You about to lock in. Just make sure you like double down what you got to double down on and focus up. She's like, you know, I got you, this, this, and that. When it came to me, I guess since my dreams were so big and so crazy, it, it rubbed her the wrong way. So I said, I want to make six figures by 24 years old as a photographer. She looked me at my face and said, that's unlikely. So that rubbed me the wrong way. Because in my mind, I'm like, how are you going to tell me? I, I just supported you, but you can't support me. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. The math not mathing right now. But I took it personal. Thank God I ain't let that jump like, feel no like hidden envy or anything like that. But... It was like the motivation I needed to be like, all right, bet. Now I'm really about to bet on God because you're not just battling against me. You're not betting against me. You're betting against me and God. Fact. And my dad's um, favorite saying, like one of his favorite sayings is, me plus God is the majority every time. Like we're going to win every mm. single time. So I was like, all right, bet. Dropped out. As soon as I dropped out, I wrote down on my own notebook, God, I want five shoots a week. God said, okay, bet. You take this leap of faith, see what I do. To that one step, he took five more and said, now you got 25 shoots a week. So that started blowing my mind. I'm like, bro, what's going on? Everybody in college, I dropped, I've been dropped out. It's during COVID. And I'm still getting 25 shoots a week. Like, mm-hmm. that, this makes no sense. No, so then sense. locked in like that the whole year to a point where it was like, it was been up so much momentum, bro. By the time I looked up, I'm 20 years old. And at the end of the year, in um, November, I had six figures for the year. So I finished that month. I yeah, finished wow. it f- four years earlier than what I originally planned for me to hit it. Right. And then I hit it a month earlier than the end of the year when I realized like, I could actually touch it within the same year. But it all stemmed from, one, my leap of faith, and two, her 
betting against me and God, like questioning what God had already put in my heart for me to do. Because as a young guy, I've always seen myself as being wealthy, being an entrepreneur, all that. So my mom looked like, bro, it's attainable. By 24, I should be able to do that job for sure. Yeah. But I'm not even realizing I'm putting a limit on God and what he can do for my life, trying to say 24 years old, trying to put an age limit on it. Mm-hmm. Me saying 24 was God. I think, I'm not going to lie to you, I feel like he used her in a way for me not to question him, if you get what I'm saying, not mm-hmm. to put, a bo- put him in a box saying 24 right. years old. Because yeah. he knew that that was going to be the motivation I needed to get it by 20 years old, mm-hmm. making me see like it's possible. Yeah. And that was my first real leap of faith with God. And that was like my, we could call it, be like, okay, all right, God. I'm gonna bet on you a little more, a little more often now. For sure. And ever, ever since then, we've been betting on him every time. Yeah. And now we here. That's the only way. Yes, That's sir. the only way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> again, like he said, we are we are preachers' kids. Both our parents preach. Uh, dad and mom. We grew up Kojic all our lives, so we stayed stayed in church. I'm talking about church conventions, all of that. But just like him, I didn't really get a full relationship with God until I got to school. I actually left Virginia to go to New Jersey. I was running track at Ryder University. It's up there near Princeton. Running track, and I moved away from my family and everything. And while I'm there, I'm kind of like going through an identity crisis in a way because it's like, okay, I love sports. Sports is my passion. But I knew it was kind of like it wasn't no fulfillment there. I'm like, nah, this is not what I'm going to be doing my whole life. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And the only person I could really go to was God in that moment. So. I was there and you know, you always hear your parents say like, okay, pray about it, go to God, all of that stuff. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to really give you a chance this time because I don't got nobody else. I'm taking classes in my dorm. I only go out the dorm for practice, for track practice. And I really wasn't happy there. Like it was like low key, low key depression, real talk. It was really depression like during COVID season. So I'm in there, I get a full relationship with God and I just start coming to God with everything. And my mom was like, okay, go on a three day fast. She was like, I just want you to go on a three day fast and um, go to God about everything you uh, you need, everything you want and stuff like that, and just, just see if he answers. I'm like, yes, ma'am. So I went on a three-day fast. As soon as I'm done with the three-day fast, I literally, I promise you, I'm praying and everything. And in my spirit, I feel like, okay, it's time for me to drop out. And it's crazy because my brother had already dropped out, and I didn't want to go to my parents and tell them. I didn't want to tell them I wanted to drop out because I'm thinking they're going to be like, like, okay, you just want to be like your brother. Like, go ahead. Like, right. stay in school or whatever. And I literally told my mom, I had a conversation with my mom. I said, mom, I don't know what it is because I really didn't know the feeling. I'm like, I feel like I have work to do in Virginia, which is my hometown. Mind you, I'm in New Jersey at the time. But it was literally what I felt in my like in my spirit, man. It was like, I have work to do back at home. I don't know what that means, but whatever it is, I got work to do at home. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, I respect your, like, your ear and um, to hear God's voice and stuff like that. So whatever you're going to do, I back it. So I left my mom in New Jersey. I'm like, mom, it's time for me to go back to Virginia. Dropped out of school, quit the track team, end up coming back here to Virginia. Fast forward, we're doing podcasts, Bible study, and all the many other great things we're doing in the area. But if I didn't take that step from the beginning, I would have never ended up here with him. You know what I'm saying? So we wouldn't even be doing it together. I don't even know if he was like going to be doing it if I didn't get here. So and I I wouldn't even know if I would have been incorporated with this if I didn't take my leap of faith. So I think uh, it was definitely an eye opener for me because I kind of found God at my lowest moment. And I, I feel like a lot of people find God at their like at the low mm-hmm. place. It's where it's like, okay, I have nobody else to run to. I've been trying other people. I I've been trying other things, especially in college. It'd be so much. It's so many different things you can do in college. You got girls. You got alcohol. You got drugs. It's so many different things mm-hmm. and, that you can go to. But I'm like, okay, I, I already tried all of that. I did all that, and it just left me. Okay, it may have been it may have been good in the moment, but it still didn't leave me with no fulfillment. It still left me feeling the same exact way right after. So I'm like, okay, 
going to give it to God and go to him. So I'm just, I'm honestly just grateful to be here and just be on this journey. Like it's, our journey has really been a faith walk. It's been a faith walk. Sure. And, and we would be lying to you if we said we knew like what we're doing every step of the way. Like, no, like a lot of this stuff is really just walking by faith. We don't know half the time. Like God, wherever you leading us, that's where we going. That's what we following. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I appreciate this moment, man. Thanks. Yeah. And I think, and, and it's crazy, we were talking about this because me and Jordan also both dropped out. So when it yeah. comes to just our journey with God and that really being a faith walk, I definitely think that we resonate with that on so many levels. And something that I remember I heard kind of during my season of transition, whenever I was in college, kind of like stepping to the podcast was like, there is no plan B with God. You know, mm-hmm. like, whenever you, when it comes to like taking those leaps of faith and like trusting him, there is like, again, like sometimes you don't know what's going to be next, what's behind the door, Mm -hmm. what's behind your yes. Um, but it's still just having trust in him like anyway and allowing him to like show you so you can get that history with him and continue to build your faith from there. And so I think with that, I mean, how did you all almost like overcome like that fear right like what was like the feelings that you were feeling during that time like marlon when you said all right like i had that fast i'm hearing all right i have work to do back in virginia mm-hmm. i need to drop out um obviously yo clarence you having your dream and that just like mm-hmm. being reinforced to you like while you're kind of like going through that season like what's all the things that you're feeling like what are like are your next steps like what does all that kind of entail? Because I think for some people, just going and making that move, even after getting the confirmation, is really the most difficult part, right? And it's for kind sure. of navigating that the right way and managing it, managing it well. Um, so yeah, like what was that? Maybe even like specifically for you all, like how were you like overcoming that? Like through prayer, just like community. What was that for y'all? I think uh, personally. I'm very appreciative of my parents always just being there for us through all the the changes, picking up different careers, uh, starting different things, putting it down. I appreciate that first and foremost, that we have parents that were like just trusting us and then still backing our vision, whatever we wanted to do. I know everybody doesn't have parents like that. Everybody doesn't have people like that in their lives. So if you can get into a community with people that are going to back your decision, but also make sure that you're running back to God with your decision. Mm -hmm. Because every move I made, they always redirected me. Okay, are you sure? Did God say that? Are you not making a decision out of impulse and stuff Mm -hmm. like that? So I think that is very key. And then also definitely staying in prayer and fasting and just staying at the feet of God because what other people say around you on the other side of that coin, what other people say around you can kind of affect you in a way. You really going to drop out of school? Are you really going to go pursue that dream? You're going to go all in on this business? You know you only this age. You don't got no money. Like, And all of that stuff is what comes in your ears. Then it goes to your mind. Then it goes to your heart. So now I'm hearing I'm hearing fear. Now I'm thinking fear. Now in my, in my heart, I'm fearful. Now I'm not going to make no move at all. So you definitely got to guard your ears. You got to guard your heart. And because whatever God told you is what he told you. And a lot of times what he told you will not make sense to other people. I believe faith is not supposed to be logical. Why, why would faith be logical if it's the evidence of things, you know what I'm saying? We can't, it's the things we hope for. It's things we can't see. So to other people, it's not going to make sense at all. And I think that's kind of where I put my rest and my, my faith in. It's like, okay, they may not see the vision, but God gave it to me. So you got to make sure you're guarding your ears and guarding your heart and just staying near to God. Because if you're not staying near to God, what other people say will influence you and talk you out of doing what you know you're supposed to do. I was good, my boy. 
No, that's yeah, real. real. And I remember bro. we um we had an episode that we did mad long ago. It was called Do You They'll Adjust. And basically, we were speaking to the fact that, like, God is always going to call you to something that, like, isn't understood by the masses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we see this, like, throughout the Bible and so many different themes and parallels. We can talk about, like, Noah and building an ark, right? Yeah. Like, people are speaking to, like, what flood? Like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Like, David and Goliath, like, you against like, him, you know? Yeah. Like, everything at times that like, he's going to call you to um, is going to be understood by, like, those around you. But you still have to hear him anyway and heed that. Yeah. So... I want to really talk about the podcast, right? And how you all got into that. Like, what was the motivation? What initiated those thoughts and conversations with like, you know what? Like, I think it's time for us to really start this platform and like take it there. So as y'all can see, y'all can start seeing the pattern of how God speaks to me. So for me personally, God speaks to me through visions and dreams. So we're chilling back home, sleep. You ever seen Dr. Strange? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So basically, we chilling. Uh, it's nighttime. I go to sleep. While I'm asleep, I don't know why, but it was like, but like this dream's really crazy. Every time I talk about it, I get hmm. chills. But <laughs> while I'm asleep, it felt like I had my Doctor Strange moment, like when his like other like his interrestrial body be coming out of him and he can see himself. I was basically I had like an out of body experience. Basically, I was watching myself while I was laying in the bed. I was like, bro, what's going on? But it was like it was like my spirit was like floating above my bed, and I was watching myself sleep. And it was thundering outside. And then while I was thundering outside, also I was like light slashing and everything. And then my like it blinked, flashed. Now I'm outside in the rain, but I'm not getting wet. So I was like, but what's going on? Light's still flashing and everything. You know how the Bible says like God speaks in like th- like through thunder and lightning and everything. So I'm outside, I'm looking up. And while I'm looking up, it's like God's pouring into me like instructions of what I need to do. So I'm in the dream, but while he's pouring into me, I'm trying to wake up out of the dream because I'm trying to like re-say what he's saying to me. To my mom and be like, yo, mom, God's telling me to do this, do that, do that. But I can't wake up out of the dream. Like, for some reason, I can't wake up out of the dream. And while I'm looking at it, I'm, look, I'm looking at God talking to me and everything. I don't see him all these, like, the clouds and the lights flash through the clouds mm. and all that stuff. But while I'm looking up, my body starts floating up. And then I felt my real body, my heart started slowing down. So I was like, hold on. God, not now. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on, God, not yet. Not yet. This kid. <laughs> I'm a, I was I got scared. I, like it, it was peaceful when I was out there, like watching it. But I'm like, hold on, what's going on? Like I'm going up, but I feel my real heart slowing down. So I was like, yo, something's wrong. So then while I'm floating up, I look over to my left and I see a whole bunch of different blue souls that was under me going up as well. Mm. So I was like, what is that? So I wake up. I don't remember my dream. Wake up. What? Like go go about my day like nothing happened. It took for someone else to text me the same day and ask me to help interpret their dream. That I realized, hold on, I just had my own dream myself, and everything started correlating. Mm-hmm. And I remember everything about the dream, but what God was saying to me. Mm-hmm. So then I told my mom, to my dad, to my um aunt, like different wise counsel that all have their own personal personal relationship with God that I know can like give me the right uh, wisdom on how to go about it and everything and what I should do. So I told my mom, I was like, "Yo, God gave me this dream. This is what it was. I don't know what it was about." To my aunt, and my dad, all three of them got back to me and said the same thing. They said. I prayed about it and everything, and what God showed you was that he's going to use you as his ambassador to recruit people in your generation to him. And I was like, all right, bet. And my mom said, but the instructions that he gave you, only you would know that that's the instruction he gave you when something comes across you that you'd be like, hold on, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. So she was like, keep doing what you're doing, keep working, keep praying, stay, stay in your word and everything, and God will give you the answers down the road. So then while, while I lie on that, we turn in our living room, 
I don't know why, for some reason, I'm in the living room, stepmom in the, um, in the kitchen cooking and everything. And out of nowhere, my, flew through my mind, make a Bible study group chat. I was like, what? What's going on? <laughs> make a Bible study group chat. I was like, I bet. What's the best way to make a Bible study group chat? And group me, Discord, or just like a regular iMessage chat. Because at first, I was texting my friends, yo, let's do Bible studies. Let's do this. Let's do that. FaceTime calls and all that. So we were doing that at first, and then it led to a group me. But then while I was doing that, um, two people had DM me and said, hey, start a podcast. I was like, I don't want to do no podcast. I, don't, I have a fear of public speaking. I'm not going to be talking to nobody. <laughs> and then God gave to me again, hey, yo, start a podcast. So I was like, all right, God, I'm going to pray about it because I, I think you got the wrong person. So me feeling, me feeling unqualified because of my fear of public speaking. Because back in high school, we went to the first something in the water event that Pharrell threw here in Virginia. And um, yeah, while, while they had that event, me and my friends, we had like a financial group where we did like a, the first Shark Tank they had there. So they had like a Shark Tank event there and we won the event. But even though we won the event, it was my turn to speak with my group, and I froze. <laughs> like everybody saying any lines, and when it got to me, I had the mic. I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's crazy." <laughs> Where's it going? So I, that that's always traumatized me when it comes to anything public speaking. Ever since, so when God asked me, "Yo, start a podcast, start these Bible study stuff," I'm looking at him like, "I don't. I think you got the wrong person. Maybe you meant to hit Marlon up because he has a good, he has a gift of speaking." He was like, "No, I asked you." So started reading. I started reading Moses. I started reading Exodus and about the story about Moses and how God came to him and was basically telling Moses, you're going to free the Israelites from Egypt. So I need, you to, I need you to go speak. And Moses was saying the same thing. He was like, God, I stutter. I talk too fast. I'm not good with words. And God was telling him, who makes a man's mouth? Mm-hmm. Who calls you to speak? I made you the way you are. I, I made you uniquely you. Yeah. You're perfectly imperfect. And if I'm calling you to do something, that means you're all, already qualified to do it. So that was like my wake-up call to be like, dang, like, I'm over here telling God I'm not the guy for him. And he, he made me this way for a reason. Like, because mm-hmm. right. people know when people start getting impacted through my words, they, God going to get the glory because they know I'm not the best speaker out here mm-hmm. at all by any means. But they know that my walk with Christ is like me doing this, like the podcast, the Bible studies and everything, us doing it together. It's really a, walk of, it's a faith walk because I'm scared of public speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's really like, yo, God can only get the glory because I don't want to be doing this at all. <laughs> but God, but I'm always going to follow God's instructions. Yeah. But when he gave it to me, so while I'm debating with God, same thing Moses was doing. I said, God, I'm not the person to be talking. So he was like, all right, bet. I'm like, I'm going to reason with you. He, so he was like, he gave to me, ask your brother to come with you. I said, hey, Marlon, God told me to do a podcast. You go ahead and um, help me out. I'm looking like, this is a no-brainer. You're going to help out. You talk better than me. Let's go. Let's go ahead and do this. What'd you say? I said, look, I got to pray about it. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I'm gonna I said, see. That's, that's- that's your vision. Right. <laughs> that's your vision with God. But no, nah, I definitely, I had to, uh, I had to pray on it. And then when I prayed on it, because I'm not a person that just makes a decision, like in general, mm-hmm. I always got to pray about it because yes, it may sound good, but okay, is God really calling me to do this? Mm-hmm. So I prayed about it and I actually got in the shower one day. I'm in the shower and like God literally told me in the shower, serve your brother's vision. I'm like, what vision? Like, what I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm already, I feel like I'm already doing that in whatever way. I'm like, I'm already, I'm already serving his vision. But then it was like, it came back to my head that he asked me to do the podcast. So mm-hmm. I came back to CL. I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. God told me serve my brother's vision. So whatever that meant is, okay, I'm going to serve him. But in serving him, I'm going to find my own way. And because mm-hmm. at the time, I'm kind of still trying to figure out my way. I'm still trying to figure out what I got going on. Mm-hmm. I just left school. I'm just trying to chill and find out what God wants me to do. So it's been it's been great because in serving him, I found my own lane. I found my own voice. 
And then I found my own impact in a way. Like mm-hmm. I'm impacting so many people that I wouldn't have impact if I didn't start doing a podcast with him. So it's been it's been crazy, bro. It's been crazy. Yeah, yeah bro. So like same way Moses needed Aaron to mm-hmm. be his mouthpiece, Marlon's my mouthpiece. Yeah. And we both say it to each other, like I had walked up him, I was like, hey, Marlon, listen, I'm called to bring people here, but you called to keep them here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like. Then ever since then, it's been a faith walk with both of us, like just trusting God with the process. Even if we don't feel like doing it, I know y'all had those days too. We'd be oh, like, bro, yeah. I'm like today, listen, bro. bro. I don't like about today. I just want to have a rest <laughs> day. <Hey>, man. <laughs> I, I think you, that's the good thing about it. I think that's the good thing about it also is because um, we're opposites in a way. Mm-hmm. What he's good at, what he's good at is my weak points. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he got the finances, the like, he's that, he's that guy as far as the business world and stuff like that. But then spiritually, it's like, okay, that's my strength. Yeah. The strength like, is my spirituality and my relationship with God. So it's like God kind of paired us up in a way to where it's like we're opposites, but we go together so smooth to where it's mm-hmm. like you're getting, two, you're getting two and one. And I think that's also how much like, it shows how strategic God is that people don't like, even look at your siblings and the people that you are in close mm-hmm. proximity to mm-hmm. and be like, God really placed me in this exact family with this exact person. Yes, like I'm doing a podcast with my brother, Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, sit and actually think and like, okay, yeah. God prepared this to where he's good at what I'm not good at. And I'm good at what he's not good at in a way that God can only get the glory. So every time that's so, that's so crazy. Cause I mean, I noticed a common theme, even when we started our podcast, like at first, I'm not going to lie. It was sort of like a point of frustration in the sense of like, he's not the way that I am. And then as time went yeah. on, I'm, no, I'm noticing like, oh, no, like that's a good thing, though. Like he's good at things I'm not good at. I'm good at things he's mm-hmm. not good at. And it's like it comes together in such a perfect way. It's like God putting together puzzle pieces. It's like it's, it's yeah. Crazy. But um, no I'm cap. also I'm noticing a common theme throughout your guys's like testimony and entire journey, which I love. It's just like trusting God's process. And I'm just reminded of the verse in the Bible that talks about how um, God will make our, our, our path straight. Right. And mm-hmm. although that's the case, you won't always see the path, right? But it'll always be made straight and how, straight and how that's like the point of faith. You know what I mean? I'm noticing that's the same faith that y'all had throughout y'all journey. It's like, God, I don't see the path. Like, I don't really know what it's going to look like, but I know you're going to make mm-hmm. it straight. So it's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, no, like sure. we've been talking about it all throughout the Bible, even like Abraham, it talks about in Hebrews, how he stepped out. He didn't know where he was going. And it's like, that's the same mm-hmm. type of faith that you got to have with your walk. So I think that's just always yeah. a point of I'm getting real inspired just listening to y'all talk. Like, bro, I'm so talk. encouraged right now. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm that's saying. Love, bro. Now we appreciate y'all, bro. No, a thousand percent. And so I I I mean, I guess I'm curious to know like what has been some of the biggest lessons you all feel like you've learned since starting the podcast. And y'all also host Bible studies as well, which I mm-hmm. think is one of the biggest like parts of like just the ministry that you all have that I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like y'all really like are doing like the work, like hands and feet, you know what I mean? Like hosting the events, like discipling folk. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. this ain't just like internet stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just like, what are some of the biggest lessons that y'all have learned? Just like stepping into like leadership, essentially, you yeah. know what I mean? We did, we talked about people kind of even that have left the church or are just like being introduced to like just, faith in general who are almost like seeing y'all as like that source for them or rather the community y'all been able to build so with all that what is kind of some things like you've noticed or god's been putting in your heart that he's challenged you with along the journey because i know like since me and jordan have been doing this like yo like the refinement and like you know the standard that we know we're called to and we've had to elevate toward Mm -hmm. has just continued to increase and grow Mm -hmm. um 
And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely curious to know that. Honestly, bro, I feel like the best thing that we've ever done with like the Bible studies and with the podcast and everything is us being open about how we're nowhere near perfect, like perfect at all. Like no one, no, none of us, even y'all watching us, like in the, in the group chats, the group meetings, whatever it is, like we're not perfect. We're just like y'all, we all go through our daily battles and everything with our flesh, all that. So I think it's our transparency that allows people to want to like follow our lead basically. Cause they feel like we're not we're not perfect, Fair. cause they know that like nobody's perfect and everything. And with us leading through transparency, it allows them to feel like they can relate to us, which allows them like to have more respect versus them trying to look up to someone that makes it look like they're perfect and don't do no wrong. And then the minute they do wrong, the whole world turns against them because yeah. you, th- you you said you was perfect, you yeah. said like you was perfect and everything. You over here calling everybody out, but then when you do something, you over here confused. Mm-hmm. Like nah, like we we're open we're open about when we fall short. We're open about. When everything's going on in our lives, when flesh take over, all that, like, and it allows more people to relate and also allows more people that don't believe to come in and they be like, oh, they church boys, but they going through this too. I can relate to that. So let me go and t- see what they about say he's talking about. So I would say like leadership wise, our one of my favorite traits about us is our transparency, because I feel like that's what makes people want to stay around and to be around and, be able, and feel more comfortable to talk about what they got going mm-hmm. on. Because when we was growing up, the church didn't really talk about everything that we talk about now. Right. Yeah, I definitely would say um, what I learned is that our our yes is it has nothing to do with us. That's kind of mm-hmm. what I realized the most is that our yes really has something to do with other people, the generations to come. And when you're standing in your very position, you don't think about it like that. You think it has something to do with you. God, why me? God, why you call me to do this? I got a life. I got dreams. I want to go play yeah. sports. You know what I'm saying? But in reality, it's about other people. So I definitely would say that I learned that. So many people are counting on your yes. Like yes, just from seeing the comments of the messages, people, not just the podcast, but just in the um, the Bible studies in general. And people just telling me like or telling us what we're doing for God is like help them. Like and they they be looking forward to it. I, I felt this way. But then I watch our Bible studies and it really changed the way I thought. Like I wanted to do this, but then I, I watch your Bible studies and it changed it. And me just seeing the impact it has on other people has really influenced me and helped me to a accountability to like okay i i, I gotta do better and i want to do better because people are watching me and yes, people man. are inspired by me so it's like even when i do have those moments where it's like god i don't want this like i didn't ask, i didn't ask for this because it really that's real because i really that have those real, moments where it's like nah, yeah. i didn't ask for this because it be getting to the point where it's like people are looking up to us and it's a standard like you said it's a standard like yeah. that's expected yes. and sometimes we don't always hit the standard and i'm like god listen I need I need your help. They these people these people think I'm this way, but listen, I'm I'm over here fighting. I'm fighting for my life. life. I'm fighting for my life, life, bro. Like like listen, look, and on that point, because the podcast and everything we do does not exclude us from temptation. I don't want people to think that. Like this platform does not exclude us from temptation. Like it makes it even it makes it even it makes it worse because we're talking to y'all and spreading the gospel. Of course the devil is gonna try to get us even harder. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely learned that is that people's lives are in the balance and that has been what's committed me to keep saying yes. Like it's a daily yes. It's days we come in here and he can, you can uh, attest. I don't be on the film. I'd be like, bro, listen, like, <laughs> no, hey, I, ain't got, good. I, ain't got, I ain't got nothing to talk about today. Or I'm, speed, speed I'm running, I'm running empty today and we still got a film. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? God, get me through and we still got to do it. So like, that's definitely, that's kept me close. That's, and that's kept me like, <laughs> saying yes and to go along with that too i feel like our yes also is like another way of us holding like 
holding each other accountable because we know like the standard we have to uphold, like uphold and everything. And then the people that's on our group meetings and the friends we made, the family members we them made with our community and everything, it's also like uh, I see what y'all doing. It makes me want to be better. So them saying that to us makes us be like, all right, yeah, we're doing the right thing. Let's keep it up. Let's yeah. not even fall back into what the, like the old lives was. Let's keep going forward because imagine how many more people we can impact if we keep living like this. Mm-hmm. If we keep growing closer to God and getting closer and closer. So the impact and the accountability, bro, that one's really there. Yeah, bro. It's, I think the way like it's been explained to me is like when it comes to like our yes and the work that we do, it's like it's our cross to bear, mm-hmm. you know? Honestly, it really is because it's like the same moment like Jesus had, like right before he's about to get crucified um, and like finish his work. He's like, Lord, like if this cup shall pass from me, yeah, fam, (laughs) (laughs) by all means, by all means, take the cup. Yeah, and that's that's Jesus. Yes, and but it's like you know having that heart to your point, and that's something that we've learned and we've continued to have. Is like, yo, not my will, but yours be done, Mm -hmm. and that's all that matters at the end of the day. So, man, bro, all that's so fire. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that we kind of just like laid that foundation. Um, and kind of like getting to this point now. So something that you all have talked about on your podcast that um. I've been waiting to really just like dive into. And it's funny because I remember thinking like, yo, if I ever am able to just like meet y'all, the first conversation we have to have, Leo, I want to know like, yo, what are y'all doing? Like finance wise, like investments, Marlon, I don't, are you, are you in real estate? Like what you got? So, so it's crazy. So I put it on hold right now. I was in real okay. estate. I actually put that on hold to focus fully on this and, right. and then also just grow closer to God. Yeah. Cause I feel like I, I jumped out. I kind of jumped out on faith mm-hmm. but it wasn't on god's timing in a way mm-hmm. and that's another topic mm-hmm. for another time oh, that we can we can say we jumping out on faith but was the timing right because when the time is not right god don't gotta bless what you're doing so i had to yeah i had to put that on hold no worry yeah. okay i got you um but yeah getting into just like um this conversation when it comes to like really just like personal finance just like as a whole and i think this is really important because Something that I guess there's this like misconception, particularly in the church and with Christians when it comes to like the root of all evil. Right. Mm -hmm. And like there's this like idea that like the pursuit of wealth, trying to acquire it to some degree is like immoral, it's ungodly, it's not of him, uh, which is so far from the truth. I remember Mm -hmm. even like growing up, not necessarily in my household for my parents whatsoever, but just from like what I would hear from like other people, whether that be like other people from like different like denominations and background, that seemed to be like the sentiment, like, no, like, bro, like you got to live like a real modest life and all for nothing. You know what I mean? And I'm like, bro, this is very contrary to like the promises that God is laying out in the Bible, Mm -hmm. right? In the life that I know when it comes to like, yo, abundance is my birthright and all of that. Um, and of course, understand that it's not money within itself, but it's the love of money that is yes. the root of all evil, right? Exactly. And there's a life of a Christian that you're able to like build wealth for yourself, your family, and generations to come, and also not allow that to like disrupt your devotion to God, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially with our generation, um, I think it's an important conversation. I think we're kind of like breaking down those barriers within itself. Um so yeah, I, I, I mean, that's really what I want to hop into. And I want to ask y'all, like, I guess your relationship when it comes to like understanding like wealth, like maybe from a kingdom perspective, or, like how y'all were raised in it and like why y'all feel like it's important, you know, just mm-hmm. to like understand and like really start to step into. Yeah, go ahead. So 
from the beginning, bro, I'm not gonna lie, like it's always been, I don't know why, but it's always been like a desire of mine when I, since, since I was born to always be wealthy, to have my own butler, to have a Bugatti, to do, be able to do it, like have financial freedom, basically. Yeah. It's always been prophesied of me as well in the same, like, I can't tell you how many times I've been, it's been prophesied of me that you're going to be a business mogul, this is going to happen for you, all that. But our dad used to always ask us just simple questions when we was younger until we got it right. So he was like, some questions, he'll be like, all right, kids, we'll be in the car and out parked out. Parked outside of Walmart in the car. All right, kids, I got a question. He'd be like, what's up? In one hand, I have a million dollars. In the other hand, I have wisdom. Mm. Which one are you choosing? And nine times out of ten, we choosing. Me, me need a million dollars. I need a million. <laughs> I need a million. Come on now, like what? Yeah. I need that million now. He's like, no. We're going to try again another time. Weeks go by. He has this again. I get the same answer. I'm like, yo, give me the million dollars. Like, what are we playing here for? Like, like what are we doing here? And time over time, we started growing up, maturing more and everything. Mm-hmm. And started realizing, hold on, we're getting it all wrong here. Yeah. So then he started breaking it down. He's like, all right, what does wisdom give you? And wisdom whole time is the thing that you need to be able to not only make the million dollars, but keep it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the person that has no wisdom, not going to know how to keep the money or flip it, invest it, and make it into more. Mm-hmm. So what good is me giving you a million dollars, just like how people get a million dollars from the lottery and blow it all in a month? Fact. What good is me giving you a million dollars right now if you're not going to even know how to use it, if you're not going to mm-hmm. steward it? And that's what brought uh, to our mind, like in Matthew, where it talks about on the three talents, mm-hmm. when the, uh, on the yeah, the three talents and everything. And that was my that was my first like real awakening on, all right, this is where like investing in everything comes in. Because when he was giving the, the talents out, he gave out um what was it five, three, and one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. five, three, and one. And he was telling them. Yo, my good and faithful servant, because they would double the money. But in the one he gave one to, dug buried it. it. He buried yeah. it. Put it in the dirt. Gave him back the same thing he already had already given him, and he called him slothful. Mm-hmm. I said, hold on, God. I don't want to be slothful. Listen, he said, throw him in the fire. Yeah. Throw him in the fire. <laughs> he said, throw him in the fire. I don't, don't want to be slothful. I want to be the one that multiplies God's money. Yeah. So, but I know that that all comes from, like, trying to make it practical and everything. That came from, all right, bet. With the money that God has given me now, with the stuff that he's allowed me to be able to invest in, Am I stewarding what I have so that he can give me more, so he so that he can trust me with more? Mm-hmm. So that's where the real relationship with money came from. It was like, all right, bet. If I have a dollar, how can I make it turn into two? If I have $100, how can I turn that into $200? Mm-hmm. And then so on and so forth. And I started realizing that the more I started stewarding my money and saving it and investing in the right stuff, like investing in my business. We, in high school, we used to sell snacks. We used to go sell snacks, oh, yeah, that was great. go around the hallways and lockers, bathrooms, whatever. Here's some candy. Here's some chips. <laughs> in between classes. And that was our first like real hustles, like right. as entrepreneurs, as as young as and everything. But with that money, we wouldn't just buy nothing on ourselves. We go right back and buy a whole other box. Mm-hmm. Let's get some more profit. Let's get some more profit. Then mm-hmm. we'll like splurge on ourselves because we're young. We don't have no bills or anything. Let me go let's buy some clothes, <laughs> some shoes, whatever. <laughs> but just going from that to now, it was like God's way of breaking it down. Like, all right, bet. The more you steward, the more I can trust you with. So that's what the talents thing broke down to me. So I was like, all right, bet. So I started investing in stocks, started saving more. You can ask Martin, like, it got to the point where God was really showing me the importance of saving because before I went to college, I was doing photo shoots out of my garage, out of my mom's garage and everything. And then when I came to, left college and came back, my mom was about to move. So I only had like two, three more months in the garage. And she said, well, yeah, we're moving. I'm about to get remarried and everything. I was like, hold on, hold on, time out. My money here, my business is in this garage right now. Where, where are you going to go? So then that was me. My back was against the wall. 
But I was grateful and thankful enough that my dad won and still the wisdom in us to make sure, yo, make sure you always plan saving for a rainy day. Make sure you're always stacking your money. Make sure you're not just splurging on any and everything. And I already had money set aside just for that very moment. So thank God I had the money to be able to hold my like hold myself up while my mom was moving in the moving process. I was still able to make my money. I was still able to like put money towards this building. Even though it was a leap of faith, I was able to get money towards the studio building because I was like, all right, bet look, got garage gone. That's, it's, it's out of here. Right. <laughs> it's done. But I do know, wisdom-wise, if I get this building, it'll make me look more professional. It's in a good area. It's right out the highway. And then people will take me serious. Because me, me being in my garage, y'all, y'all pulling into my house versus y'all pulling into an actual shopping center. Fact. That's two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So you pulling into a shopping center going to make you feel like, oh, no, nah, he know what he's doing. Like, professional or anything. And that was like, if y'all go back to like my old post on my um, seller's media page, y'all can see like the little testimony and everything. I, was, I broke down crying. And I don't even cry like that. But it was the fact of like how God just worked in my life throughout the years of how everything just played out and how everything was set up. And then that was like my ultimate leap of faith when it was like, dang, like, God, what are we going to do? Put this money up. It's all I got. We're going to put the money up. We're going to make it back. Right. I had a mindset of, hey, God, you have to get make it back because, listen, this is your bill. That rent not sweet. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but overall, it, was just, it just all stemmed from, all right, God, what can I steward so you can trust me with more? Yeah. yeah. I would definitely say – um. For, well, for one, I feel like the church, the church world in general, I feel like we've let that small group of corrupt people who have the like the love of money, mm-hmm. like kind of be the, the basis of for why we think money is evil in general. So right. yeah. those preachers that care about the money, those preachers that care about success and fame, we've let those people kind of like dictate how we view money in a way to where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this pastor has a mega church and he's doing this with the money. So I don't believe in giving in church. I don't believe in Christians having money. You know what I'm saying? You can't put that on everybody. Cause at the it's end of the day, and, and then at the end of the day, bro, just open your Bible because um Solomon was rich. Mm-hmm. Job was rich. Joseph was rich. Bro, poverty is not of God. <laughs> it's yeah. not, bro, it's not of God. And, not, and, and the biggest, the biggest thing is, the biggest thing is, why would God want us to live below, like below the standard He's called us to live? And because because money is a resource at the end of the day, God is the source. Yeah, the tool, yeah. But with more money, we could do way more things kingdom wise. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why people don't look at it that way. If we have more money, we can put more churches up. If we have more money, we can get these people off the streets yep. and build a recreation center or whatever. But the problem is, people view money in the church world as as evil, and nothing is getting done. And that's why mm-hmm. the world had the world has all the money. And the kids in our generation are looking up to the world because the church world is kind of living like, okay, yes, we're going to pray. We're going to read our Bibles and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we're not going to have enough money for our bills. And I'm not trying to live like that. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to live Christians, like that. I'm praying all day. Listen, I ain't trying to live a life where I'm praying all day, reading my Bible, and I can't afford my bills, bro. Like, bro so make, the math on math. But to go, bro, to go with that, bro, and the biggest thing that we've seen was if all these people that don't believe in God are having wealthy, yes. driving the nicest cars, got the nicest cribs, why everything. Why can't we? We have got on our side. Why can't we have this stuff? It makes no like it makes no sense. If anything, we should have if that plus more because yeah. guys on our side, we, we have the advantage here. Bro, y'all mm-hmm. are talking. And to that point, yeah. and to what you were just mentioning, I am reminded of like this verse, and it's basically what you were saying, and it's in Matthew 25, 23, and it says Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful mm-hmm. over a few things. I'll make you rule over many over many things enter into yeah. the joy of the Lord. Um, and so something that we were raised up in and our, our parents always harped on is the fact that like God operates by principles. 
Mm-hmm. So that there are laws that essentially like govern the earth that like God like operates by essentially, you know what I mean? So to your point on, we see people in secular spaces that are wealthy and have riches or whatever. And it's because that they're operating by the principles that God has set in place, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if they don't, if they don't know God, yeah, what, how I've always been um, or how it was explained to me. It's like, it's almost like a key, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter like um, who has the key. Mm. If I got the key, I'm gonna be able to open the door. Yeah, I don't door. care if I'm yeah, black, yeah. white, Asian, Hispanic, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. If I have the key, I'm gonna have to be able to open the door. And so, to that that's point, good. that's one of the principles of being a steward and man- and being like a good manager of what you have now, so God can mm-hmm. continue to bless you with more. All wealthy mm-hmm. individuals have started with what they had, managed it well, were able to invest, to flip, yeah. increase, mm-hmm. do the same thing, right? Not blow that's their key. money on instant gratification and things right yep. now to see toward the future and the vision to continue to build well. So it's all about principles, keys. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I agree. Like it, it's yeah. all it I think as another, I think a perspective I have about it is as disciples, we're supposed to be image bearers of God. Like our job, one of our jobs is to accurately mirror what God is in heaven here on earth. Like that, that is what our mm-hmm. job is. Right. And something that I've mentioned and I forgot what the episode was called, but I was talking about how, how can a a Christian without any power accurately represent a powerful God? And in the same vein of this conversation, how can a Christian not walking in abundance accurately represent an abundant God? Like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So the thing is like when you have this misconception that money's bad, that I'm supposed to be broke, I'm supposed to be living this life, you're only partially representing the character of who God is. And obviously as humans, we can never mm-hmm. fully, you know, exude that like because we're limited, but like, that's just another part of God that we can be representing our and are supposed to be representing on this earth. And I was also watching this video and this guy was talking about how the first time that gold is mentioned in the Bible, which is um, the universal symbol of wealth, like it always has been, always will be. And the first time it's mentioned is in Genesis 2.10. It says, a river flows out of Eden to water the garden and from there divides into four rivers. The first is name. I'm about to butcher this name. Um <laughs> Uh, Pison, <laughs> if it flows through uh, Havila, where there is gold, the gold of this land is good. The land is also known for et cetera, et cetera. But essentially, he was talking about how, like, this is the first time gold is mentioned, and the characteristic or the word used to describe it is good, right? So he was like tearing down the misconception that people have that money is inherently bad, and even that money is like. In the gray area, he was like, arguing that money is inherently good. Like that's the first word used to describe gold in the Bible in Genesis. Mm-hmm. There's gold in the garden, and it's good. So I, I think that's just a misconception that we have to tear down, bro. It's I think it's so damaging to the body. And bro, to add on to that, bro, especially like in our community, I feel like since we're we we normalize the struggle basically. Like mm-hmm. our community has normalized the struggle, and it makes me mad because it's like, bro, why y'all acting like we can't peripheral. Everybody making money off our community anyway, on top of that. So, like, why are we not the ones that's putting the money towards ourselves and everything and reinvesting in ourselves and keeping it in the family, yeah. like how everybody else do? Like, Fine. a lot of y'all not. It's a um, restaurant called America's Best out here. Have you ever, Y'all got out there with all that or no? No, nah, no. Nah. It's a wing spot. Matter of fact, I'm going to use a, uh, what's it called, like, hair, hair supply stores? Yeah. Yeah, like, hair supply stores. Hair supply stores got everything for our culture of women and everything, right? But who be in there working? It don't be our it don't be our culture and they're working. They make all the money off our culture. 
Yeah. But it's like, where? When are we gonna wake up and be like, yo, let's actually start walking in the abundance that my Bible says. Let's like, let's start walking in the prosperity that my Bible says. Mm-hmm. Let's start stewarding. Let's start applying these principles. Let's start actually putting ourselves in the room to actually get to where God wants us to be to make the most impact. Yeah. So my mindset with um us is like, I know y'all probably have the same mindset as well. Like, money's a tool. So with the money, God, if you if you bless me with more money, the more people I can impact because yes. the more I can do yeah. it. That's yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We're already naturally giving people. So it's like, all right, God, the more you give me, the more I'm going to give out. The more I'm going to pour out to mm-hmm. everybody. The more people I can entomb bless, the more people I can help bring them into a more comfortable environment that they actually want to get to know you. Yeah. But without all that, I'm only stuck with just like the face-to-face conversation. Keep pushing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on that point also, I think something, something that he said is, um, what, well, what I was getting is that wealth is really a mindset thing. Yes. If you don't, if you don't got it, you really just don't got it. Like, yeah. truly... And yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying you gotta have money right now because I don't have it all together right now. That's but what true. I mean is everybody doesn't have that mindset because, like you said, some people are already comfortable where they're mm-hmm. at, and and other people have that mindset like, no, I want more for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because this gonna sound this gonna sound crazy, but I was watching <laughs> I was watching a B movie the other day. I was watching a B movie like y'all know the B movie, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. As soon as it, as soon as they graduate, and it's crazy because I'm older now, I started understanding. Mm. As soon as they graduated, they gave all of them like the hard helmets. It's like, okay, as soon as they was done graduating, it was like, okay, it's time to go into the workforce. Right to work. Only one B had the mindset was like, yo, this is not like this is not normal. Everybody else was like, yo, we we're about to go work a job. Like we're about to go do this for the hive. We're excited. And he's like, no, like why why would I have to do that? Like why do I have to do this? And why is this the normal? And he went to venture out because he had a bigger mindset than everybody. And that's why he was like, he didn't fit in with the rest of them. So I'm just saying that to say is that like some of us really have that mindset. And the, the simple fact is that everybody's not going to be rich. But when you have that mindset, it's like, okay, yes, you can go attain it. Because in, uh, I believe it's Deuteronomy 8, God says, uh, it is he that gives us the power to obtain wealth. And it says that in Deuteronomy 8. So the more money we have is really the more stuff we can do for the kingdom. How, how great would it be if, like we get to our podcast and your podcast gets to the point to where we can fund other people trying to start their Christian podcast. We can buy we can buy their camera equipment. You know what I'm saying? We can fund them and different things like that. And that will be our way of giving back to the community. But mm-hmm. like he said, we can't we can't do none of that until we actually get that that amount of resources. Because at the end of the day, I can pray for you. I can say good things to yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? I can say all of that, but I can't do nothing for you if I don't got a resource myself. So Bro, I that, definitely believe we're supposed to have money. That's so real. And that was one of the questions that I wanted to get to is basically like, what is it? I mean, how can we like use wealth to further the kingdom? Like, what does that mm-hmm. really look like? And basically everything that you're saying, like we were saying, like it, all it is, is just like a resource. Like this is a tool. You know what I mean? And like yeah. once I realized that in my mind, it's just like, it really, it really changed my entire perspective. And yeah, I think, I don't know what I heard once, but it was someone basically trying to explain the fact that as a Christian, this may be kind of controversial, but like it's almost disingenuous for you to go and pray for a homeless person and not do anything to help their situation. That's a fact. Yeah. And I was like, man, like that's, that's real though. Right. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about, all right, what does it look like to have this wealth and use it for the kingdom? It's to like, um, look out for, I think it mentioned this, Jordan, help me out. It may say this in James, like for like, widows and orphans like we have a god that's worried and concerned about like injustices against like his people and the conditions that they're in you know what i mean and he wants to use people Mm -hmm. through our hands to be able to like be conduits for that essentially right but we have to be open 
to that. And again, like y'all saying, have the right mindset um, at the end of the day. Um, and then also realizing that like something that me and Jordan say all the time is the fact that like none of none of me is mine to keep. Mm-hmm. So once we have okay. a, under, a true understanding, and that's something that I've been learning right now, that anything I have isn't mine. Mm-hmm. Any opportunity that I've got, like any type of income, any way that we've been able to monetize has been because of God. Yo, this money is his. How do you want me to use this? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so yeah. like once we have that like perspective like as well, that kind of like guards us from that whole idea of like, you know what I mean, getting corrupt and like what people's yeah. fear may be. It's like, yo, the having the right heart and also being able to like live that life for yourself that you're financially free you know what i mean mm-hmm. being able to take care of like your family your children like all of that i mean that that's all that's all that matters one of the verses my dad always told us that i always remember he says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children mm-hmm. and that's something that we always uh stood on i don't know exactly what verse that is it's but it's, proverbs. It's, it's okay proverbs yeah. yeah so my dad used to always say that to us and something very key that you said is that um this is not ours to keep Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem is because people become too obsessed with the money, too obsessed with the fame, and they start to idolize it, not realizing that when you go to that grave, nobody's going to talk about the money that you had. Like, we're big on influence. We're big on impact. When we leave this earth, what impact did you make? Thanks. How many people did you help? That's that's real wealth to me. That's real wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always talk about uh, people like Steve Jobs. Um, we don't talk about how much money he made. We talk about him because we're still using what he what yes. he created years ago and we're still benefiting from his idea. So how can we get to that point to where when I'm gone from this earth, I use my money to actually impact and benefit to where when I'm gone, they can say Marlon Sellers has helped us so much. Like, you know, what I'm mm-hmm. saying we're still utilizing this stuff that he's taught us and the stuff that he's given us and stuff like that. So that money can't go to the grave with you. It, and and when you get to heaven, it ain't gonna mean nothing to nobody. It's not gonna. It's definitely ain't gonna mean nothing to God. You know what I'm saying? That's facts. No, that's real. Um, and Yo, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. One thing, my fault. I mean to interrupt you, bro, bro. But I was, I've been here scavenging for this verse ever since you mentioned it, Darren, because I knew it was somewhere in James, bro. But it talks about in uh, James two fifteen. It says, "Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical mm-hmm. needs.'" What mm. is it? good is it, bro? I'm so glad I found that verse because that's what you were talking to. It says that word for word yeah. in the Bible, like bar for bar. Hey, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you, bro. I'm still hungry, bro. I still don't got no clothes. Yeah, like, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like thanks for the spiritual, the spiritual uplifting. But I like help me out. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm still cold. <laughs> help me, bro. So yeah, no, I just, I, I just, I just had to, yeah, I just had to quote that verse, bro. That's real. No, yeah. And to Marlon, what you're talking about, one thing that um, I've been meditating on is the fact that, like, honestly, I want what I do now to echo in eternity. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really all that matters. And that that's all that you have is, like, the impact that you leave. And so, again, mm-hmm. when you have all these perspective shifts and, like, understanding the right concepts behind our, like, why you want to build wealth and obtain these things, then, like, it makes, it makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, and so... Man, where do I want to go? Okay, so for like everyone listening, like just from y'all's experience and what y'all have been able to do just individually, like um, in your own journeys, like what are some things that, you know, like young adults can start doing just to like, like build wealth, like become financially secure? Like what are just like basic like principles, not even necessarily like specifics of like 
what it looks like, even like practically, whether that's like, all right, starting like to invest, like saves, like um, Clarence, what you were speaking to, like even in your own journey, like what's some things that you would just like leave people with to like even begin and like what those first steps look like? I would say um, one, read Proverbs. Yeah, read, yeah. read, read Proverbs and then apply what you learn from Proverbs, like the wisdom and understanding that comes with that. And then read um second kings of when god asked solomon what do you want you can have anything in the world what do you want and how solomon asked for wisdom read that that's first and foremost read both of those then i'm gonna say how the first thing i did practically that led to me being able to have money to be able to invest in anything in the first place my grandma used to always show us you never want to break a hundred dollar bill so i was like what do you mean by that she was like anytime you go to any type of fast food store or whatever if i only have a hundred dollar bills on me and the thing that I want only costs $5, most likely I'm not going to buy it because I don't want to break the $100 bill. And that was my like wake-up call to saving. So I was like, hold on, you're right, because I, like, I don't like giving nobody my $100 bill. And once I'm you right. break it, it's gone. Exactly. exactly. And that was her main thing. Once you break a $100 bill, it's gone. That jump with the 20s, 10s, 5s, done. Out of there. So with that, she used, to, um, she used to do the envelope method, and my mom used to do the same thing. I just picked up on it. So every time I, I had, I used to get a whole bunch of envelopes, and while I was working at Chick-fil-A, every time I got paid, I would get all my money in cash and whatever that was not a hundred dollar bill was what I could spend for myself. If it was a hundred dollar bills, I could not touch it. But if I got more money, if I had OD twenties or OD fifties, whatever, I would always go to the bank and switch those out for a hundred dollar bills. And that was my way of tricking myself into saving more money because the more hundred dollar bills I have, the more I don't want to touch them, the more I don't want to spend it. So now my mindset is, all right, man, hold on. I got one hundred bill and I got five of them. How many more can I get? Like can I fill the whole envelope, envelope up with straight hundred dollar bills. And it becomes like a fun game in a way because like you're saving and everything, but at the same time you see that you're stewarding your money and how much money that you actually spend on a day to day basis unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Like how many times you just swipe our card at gas stations, picking up an extra snack while we getting gas right. at the store, picking up. You go to the store for milk and you end up leaving with ten extra things. I'm guilty. <laughs> like just different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like different things that you're not even supposed to be buying on, but you seeing different things and knowing that you have the money in your pocket. Makes you feel like, oh, I got the money, I can go get it. Right. But in reality, like you said before, like delay gratification, like that's a big thing. Like learning the importance of delay gratification because I had um Chris Johnson had said this, the slack dude that we was talking about earlier. He was saying the partying, the girls, the trips, the cars, the houses, the clothes are all gonna be here your whole life. So why not just sacrifice right now to steward what you have now and get to where you need to be so you can actually be financially free in the future. And then you can start splurging whatever you want to splurge on because you actually can do so. But until then, you need to be worried about focusing on your bread and your relationship with God, but mainly your relationship with God and everything, but just in regards to stewarding the money and everything. So saving to where, for those that want to make it practical, if you got $5, all right, bet. What else can I do to make more money in cash? And how can I just take all that money to the bank and switch out for a $100 bill? And do not touch that $100 bill. And keep doing it. Rinse, repeat. And that's, that was the way that worked for me when it came to saving. And that's what led to me being able to start investing as well when I turned 18 for stocks. So mine is a little different um, because, like I said earlier, I'm the opposite of him. So <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the one that's buying clothes. I'm the one that's buying food. And I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I'm the one that's like, if, it, if it's a little bit of money in my account, one thing about me, I'm going to go eat. I'm going to go get food. I'm bro. making a sandwich. I'm not swiping. <laughs> Listen, so a lot of the stuff I'm learning is is from him, but also reading and uh, getting that knowledge because Mm -hmm. you don't do better until you know better. So 
I definitely would say reading different books. One of the books that I'm still reading right now, I didn't finish it, is Richest Man of Babylon. And they were saying how, um, and it's a great book. You need to read it if you haven't. Richest Man of Babylon. They were saying how the rich don't get rich by just saving money. Because when you're just saving money, your money is not gaining any value. Honestly, it's losing value because it's just sitting there. And first of all, I'm a person that if I see my money, I'm looking at it, I'm going to spend it. So his way doesn't work for me. I got to open up another account, put it in this account. Don't look at it. Hide the card. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I got to do all of that. And if, you, uh, if you're a person like me, go ahead and do that. Go like get practical and do that. Um, but in the book, it says how the rich don't get rich by just saving money, but they get rich because the money they save ends up making money for them. So they were saying how, okay, let's just say you work at nine to five. You work at Chick-fil-A. That's your job. You're getting one source of income. So let's just say, okay, I'm going to save 10% of my check. So every uh, check I get, I'm saving 10% of that check. Now I have a stack of money that I've saved from every check I got from Chick-fil-A. Now I need to figure out what can I do with this money on the side to make me more money while Mm -hmm. I'm still getting paid from Chick-fil-A. So, okay, I'm working at Chick-fil-A, but I saved up all this money, 10% of my check. Now I want to invest in clothes. I want to invest in the stock market. So I'm going to send all this money to, uh, I'm going to make a clothing brand. And now I got another passive income coming this way. Mm-hmm. So now I still work at Chick-fil-A. Now I got a second income. So now I can save 10% of the money I make from clothes. Now I have two savings piles. Now that other savings pile that I have, I need to figure out another way for me to make money off that savings pile. Mm-hmm. Now I can invest in the stock market with that money. And now I got three sources of income. So that's what I've been learning from Break the... Break it down. Uh, not yet. <laughs> but now that's, that's what I've been learning. And um, overall, I think the best thing for me right now in general is Finding what you're good at. Find what you're good at because something that I've learned, I was watching a podcast one day. Somebody said, and it's so real, somebody said, what you do every day, somebody else is getting paid for. They just turn the camera on. I was like, yo, what you do every day, somebody else is uh, getting paid for. They just turn the camera on. Meaning it's something you do in your life that somebody else will pay to see. Mm -hmm. It's something you do in your life that you're good at. It's at least one thing you're good at, but you just haven't, you know what I'm saying, utilized it. And back to the talents, it's uh, I look at it also like, yes, money, but also God has given us gifts also to actually achieve different things. Mm-hmm. And some people sleep on their gifts. Some people hide and bury their gifts to where it's just sitting like, hey, God, I got this gift. Here, here it is. And God's like, you didn't multiply it. You know what I'm saying? You didn't do nothing with the gift I already given you. So so find what you're good at. And a lot of times what you're good at can make you money. It can make you a profit and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is trying to figure out. Where is my value? What am I an asset mm-hmm. at? What do I do on a daily basis that I'm good at? And for me, that's speaking. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to find ways to, okay, how can I get paid from utilizing something that does not come hard for me? It's, it's easily, it's, I do it at an easy pace. People say I'm good at it. I know I can make good money off of it and still get God the glory in the process. So find what you're good at, what comes easy for you, and, and the profit will come. And to go away, he just said, with like on the breakdown, the Simple way of thinking about it, because Chris Johnson, this is his favorite saying. His saying is get money and buy income. Mm. And to break that down, it's basically saying when you get money, like when you get paid from working, make that money go work for you. And then right. use the money that the money makes for you to go spend money on yourself, yeah. basically. So don't spend none of the money that you traded your time for, you don't spend it on yourself. You use that to go invest in something else to make you more money. And then the money that your money makes for you is what you can spend on yourself to treat mm-hmm. yourself. But until then, you're on a grind mode. You're yeah. locked in. But that, that saying has been stuck with me for the rest of my life. So now my mindset is always, all right, bet. Whatever I'm doing, how can I make that money work for me to where then I can go treat myself? Mm-hmm. But until then, if I don't got it, I don't got it. Yeah. <laughs>
No, that's <laughs> real. And then what did you, you were mentioning you a quote that you heard. It was Alex Hermosi. Was it about the S&P 500 thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Alex Hermosi, for those that don't know who he is, he has a um, brand called Acquisition.com worth over $100 million. So whatever he's saying, I'm listening to. Because he's worth more than me. <laughs> so, so he was saying that instead of you investing in the S&P 500, which is the stock market, investing in stocks and everything, he said invest in the S&P 500. So investing in yourself. He said your likelihood of return investing in your own skills is way more yeah. faster and prominent than you investing in the stock market hoping it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. So he was saying, like for me, prime example, me when I was in high school, I got a camera. I started investing in myself because I was like, hold on, this is a skill I can really get good at. I'm having fun. I like this. I'm passionate about it. All right, bet. Started investing in buying new cameras, computer, editing softwares, all that backdrops, locations, all that stuff to where I put so much money into learning and studying the game to the point where I, now I can charge whatever I want to when it comes to taking pictures. So that's what he means about that's what you mean by that. So whatever your skill is, like Marlon was just saying, whatever it is that you get to that, whatever the skill is that you have, whatever you do with the least amount of effort every single day, cut the camera on, invest in yourself, whatever it is, and figure out a way that you can start making money. If you go with kids, start babysitting. Like and try to figure out ways that you can multiply that to make an income. Because the more you invest in yourself and become good at something and the more experience you have, the more you're able to charge. Mm-hmm. The more you're able to charge, the more leverage you have on other people and the more funds you'll have in your pockets to be able to invest. Look out for your family and look out for this, look out for yourself. And yeah, we said all this and everything, but when y'all get paid, make sure y'all paying y'all ten percent. Make sure you get tired. Yeah, Fair. pay God. Pay, pay God. Cause he the reason why you have the money in the first place. So don't ever forget that. Yes, we pay tithes every week. Yeah, no matter how much money yeah, it is, I don't care how much money. If I it's got, ten dollars, I'm paying my tithe. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Because what, what you say, Ron? God can do more with um your ninety. Exactly. That you can do with your 100. God yeah. can do more with your 90 than you can do with your 100. So make sure you're paying God back. And on that note, I want to say something just real quick is that um, ultimately on everything we're talking about with money and stuff like that, find your purpose. Because Thanks. I feel like personally, and I know every Christian doesn't believe this, but I believe your purpose will come with a profit. Your purpose will pay you. Bro, and it's, it's, pro- <laughs> it's, proven, it's proven biblically that your purpose will pay you. So I want to say like, as far as money and that stuff comes, like, Matthew 6 and 33, CL says that verse all the time. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and live righteously and all other things shall be added. Seek God, figure out what you was put on this earth to do. And the rest of that stuff is going to come. Like it's going to come because you can have a passion for certain things because I know I said do what you're good at and stuff like that. But you can have a passion for certain things, but passion can passion can be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. Purpose can't be taken from you. So find your purpose. That's something that's solid, something that I can always rely on. Come what may. Whatever the uh, stock market doing, whatever is going on with the uh, the economy, I have my purpose. I'm going to be speaking. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. worried about whatever's going on. No matter what happens in the world, it's not going to affect me because I have purpose. Passion can be took. Sports can be took. All of those different things can be took. But when you have like a solid ground for God called me to do this, the prophet is always going to follow. So definitely get serious about finding out what was I put on this earth to do and how am I a value. And, for, and to add on to that again, because this might be somebody up here that don't know how to even go about that. Like he just said, Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and all these things will be added unto you. And also Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So if you don't know what steps to take, go back to, all right, what I have to do to get to that path? Seek God first. Yeah. Everything correlates. That verse is so good. Like I love that verse because um, I always tell people all the time, God is not a God that wants to hide things from you. Mm-hmm. 
He does not. I, it's crazy because uh, I told my brother, I was like, God is God is like he plays hide and seek. He's that one person that hides in the most obvious spot. Y'all ever play hide and go seek when you was a kid and somebody's hiding like behind the blinds, but you can see their whole figure. God is that person that hides in the most obvious spot. He just wants you to come seek. Mm -hmm. So seek his will and all you do. God, he, he's not hiding from you. He just wants you to come to him and he's going to show you. It's a promise that, OK, seek his will and all you do and he shall direct your paths. And our dad taught us that shall is a promise. Shall means it must happen. Mm -hmm. It must come to pass. So God is not trying to hide your purpose from you. He's not trying to hide your gifts from you. But seek him first. And he will. He's, it's a promise that he's going to give you everything else you need. Every time, boy. Man. Yeah, y'all <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Y'all talking, bro. <laughs> no, nah, I, I mean, literally all of that. I mean, that's what I was really going to end with is like Matthew 6.33. Um, above all else, understanding that like he is like he is the provider. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like he can do more with like what we have and what we believe that we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, not getting so wrapped up in our own strength, our own tactics, our own ideas. To your point of like, all right, understanding purpose and like all else will follow at the end of the day. Um, and so, man, yeah, y'all y'all preaching, bro. I'm still chewing on that, bro. Jory, you that's got anything, you got anything else to add? I got one more question. If that's what you're asking. All right, go ahead, go ahead. All right, smooth, smooth, smooth. Okay, so so since we're we're all pretty goal-oriented people, and a question I wanted to ask y'all is because this is something or an obstacle I've run into before. Sometimes when you're striving for more, you can get so focused on that that you become discontent with where you're at now. So the question I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you guys is how have you balanced striving for more while also being content with what you have, where you're at, et cetera, so on and so forth? So, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good question, brother. That is yeah. um, something something that I've done personally as far as goals and something that has reshifted my focus and something I say in my personal time is that I had to become more obsessed with obedience over the outcome. Mm -hmm. And because sometimes we kind of look at outcome, we kind of look too far that we miss the baby steps in between what God is calling us to do and seeing like what he's doing in this very moment. So I say like zoom, like come back to earth, be present, be very mm -hmm. present. Because it's so easy to look around, look at other people, and then also look far because sometimes we look so far and we'd be like, okay, I'm not there yet. I'm not where I want to be yet either. But be present in the very moment and look at the pros and cons. What have I did better this year? What have I did better? Like, okay, what goals have I hit? What goals haven't I reached and stuff like that? And just be in the present moment and soak it all in. I believe that like when we look too far out sometimes, that's kind of what throws us off. It throws our vision off because it's like, okay, I want to hurry up and get there. But we missed the process in between. We missed the preparation. We missed the whole, like, the, the wilderness season, technically. Like, you miss all of that just trying to get to the promised land. So appreciate this very moment. Appreciate the promised land. And um, I would say do small goals at a time. Do, like, small goals. And definitely just try to knock them out. Something he's been teaching me is to do daily goals just to make sure you're not being busy but being productive in general. So, yeah, just uh, do daily goals. Okay, this is three things that I'm going to achieve today. I'm going to read a book today. I'm going to do this today. I'm going to clean my room today. Whatever it may look like for you and do those things. For sure. Say that. Say that. I'll be ready to hit you, boy. Lord <laughs> <Yeah>. God. flowing, <laughs> man. No, bro. Like that. No, that's that's the one all in all. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, we went, we really went through it all. I definitely want to um, just continue like to encourage like anyone and everyone listening to like really like seek first. I think like at the end of the day with everything that we're speaking to when it even comes to like taking leaps of faith, right? Understanding your purpose, like 
building wealth um, and using that for the kingdom, at the end of the day, it comes down to like that seek. Right, like mm-hmm. he's hiding in plain sight. That's such a bar, yeah. bro. He's yeah. <laughs> he just wants you to come to him. Um, yeah. So no, bro. I appreciate y'all coming on. I don't yes. know why this didn't happen sooner. We're Listen, gonna come bro. to Virginia, be in the studio, make sure. it a crazy thing. Like we, it it must happen. But um, I gotta come on a Monday, bro. I gotta come during oh, Bible study. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure, yeah. For sure, for y'all sure. gotta come during That's Bible study, bro. That's yes. crazy. Yes, that would be nuts, though. No, 100%. Yes. Um, but no, let um let everybody know where they can find y'all at, like socials, all that. Go ahead, and plug. Let them know where you know what I mean. Uh, well, first, I'm Clarence. This is Marlon. Um, y'all can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Apple Podcasts at the More Purpose Podcast, and yeah, that's the same name for all platforms. And my personal Instagram is Marlon Sellers Eight. And I have my own YouTube channel also. It's called Motivate Motive with a number eight with Marlon. I do. Uh, I talk transparent talks and all things motivational in general. I believe my life is just a blueprint to help other like minded believers and just find their way in life. So I do uh, also content with that. So you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube as well. If I want some pictures and anything, go follow that page. No at Sellers Media. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> Well, that's all we got for y'all. <laughs> no, we appreciate real. y'all. So no, for sure, for sure, bro. Yeah, definitely make sure to go and tap in. All of that will be linked in the description so y'all can go follow. Definitely go and tap in and listen to the podcast. Y'all are in season three right now. Yeah. Right? yeah. In the middle of season three. Absolutely amazing. Um, So I'm definitely sending y'all and recommending y'all that. But 